are we calling this? Grubs and Games? Games and Grub? Games and Grub. Best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. That's right. Live from the Marquette Radio studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is Radio's Restaurant, the saloon of sports talk from the diner booth to the radio booth games and grub right here on mur i'm eden Haddon alongside my one co-host to the right zachary passios how we doing this morning and to my right right to zach's right our guest host this morning someone who we've wanted to have on the show for a years now none other than joe Rowe himself joseph rosales Woo! good morning games and grub community <laughs> great to have you how here, we doing Joe great to have great, you here great to be here Great to be alive. Beautiful day outside, 37, slightly raining. Just love it. Hey, it could be worse, you know? It could it always, be worse. It always can. It always can. It but always we're happy can. happy to have you in the studio here, back in your uh, element, I guess. Yeah, after, it feels natural. After, after, oh, yes. It feels, feels good to be here. When was the last Radio Joro? Had to be pre-pandemic. Wow. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. So Joro, for the background, we, and we'll get into it, actually, as we learn about you more but the <laughs> the background with joro was well first of all we, we were in the we same found him yeah room. we found him on the street uh he's just this guy we picked up uh we don't really know him that well but he has a white socks hat on so we thought he could shed some light on that hey first of all <laughs> before any of us we were in the same orientation group so yeah, i guess you guys one. met him before so. day one <laughs> joro did his own show freshman year here when we were doing saturday mornings same slot what was your time slot mondays at three mondays at three so you're doing three to three to four or Th- three to four thirty three to four thirty back then yeah, yeah so you were doing the 90 minutes you were doing the full did you oh, have class the full. i did not have class during that time on mondays from three to four i guess it's pretty late three to four thirty yeah three to four thirty okay yeah i had a pretty pretty nice And you were, and you were a big, you were, you took the music DJing here at Marquette, uh, here at MUR very seriously. Yes, I did. I did. So that was your game. Now you're here with us this morning, thankfully, to be back, make a return to Marquette Radio after three years. And you were walking in this morning with us and said, all I want to talk about is all of the games and all of the grub. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what we're going to do today. we got a lined up packed show for you. I'm really excited for this, obviously, to know Joro. Masters week is upon us, and that means a lot of food takes in and out of your trots. Top five tweets. Again, food takes riddled this week, along with some NBA stuff, as well as Easter trivia, which get ready for because Easter is next week, folks. It is upon us. So if you want to call Joro, if you want to tweet at Joro, Instagram, DM at Joro, maybe not that last part because he has a girlfriend, but about the show, you can call us at 414-288-7091. Again, 414 414- 
288-7091 and on Twitter and Instagram at grubmurgrubmur. So let's start where we always start. What was the best food you had this week? Anything in particular? And do you want to kick it off? I'll start. I had a I went back to real chili on Thursday. At before before going out to the bar, you have to make sure you get some food in. And Zach and I, we can talk about it later in the show, but we went to Celtics Bucks on Thursday and didn't eat dinner, had to come back, was going straight out, and stopped a real chili for a Chicago dog. I've heard in the last few days that getting a hot dog at real chili is a suspect move. But it was a suspect move before Doghouse uh, left. Right. I guess when, when Doghouse was still there, it was like, "What are you doing? Going to Real Chili to get a dog? You go exactly. to Doghouse to get a dog." And ever since Doghouse left, I mean, I guess it's become more socially acceptable to get a dog at Real Chili. But I still don't. I still don't support it. Yeah, it doesn't seem natural no. to me. Because they they do chili, they don't do dogs. It doesn't. It's not real dogs. Well, they do dogs. It's on the menu. Yeah, but it's not real dogs. Well, it's how real how was the dog then? The dog was really good. The dog had a pepper that I probably turned away most. Sport of. pepper. This was this was a. Uh, so you turned away a part of the dog. Pe- you I, were like, I don't like this part of the dog. I'll take it off. So well, it was not- on the run. So the, the the dog was on the run, or I was on the run with the dog. So the, I wasn't walking this dog. I was okay, running. So you didn't have dog. time to, to yeah. enjoy. The yeah, dog. running with For the, the dog. most part. I was I was running. I was running the dog, not walking the dog. Running the dog. So we can dissect all we want here, but the Chicago dog, the dog was good. It was a good dog. Good doggy. Well, Got to ask you one question. Being a Chicago native myself. Oh yeah. Did the dog have any ketchup on it? No ketchup. Mustard. All right. All right. Is that like a... That's good. You're that not supposed good. to have ketchup on Let's a go. Chicago dog? Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to have... Yeah, Chicago is notorious for many things, but one of them being <laughs> that uh, we do not put ketchup on our dogs. Got it. I didn't we're know gonna that. A- We're going to ask you about Chicago here real soon, so get ready. Perfect. Zach, do you have a best food that you had of the week? Yeah, I gave it another shot, folks. I made cheese curds this week twice. Oh uh, yeah, the first time they turned out pretty well. A little too thick of the the casing. I don't even know the batter. I guess the batter was too thick on the, the casing, curd. Yeah. The casing, the batter was too thick on the curd. So when I dunked it in, it was almost like a like a corn dog, which I didn't like. So I tried to thin the batter out the next day, um, and I think I got them pretty good. The difference was this time, instead of putting butter in milk to make buttermilk, I bought buttermilk. So a lot of people don't know, mm. I didn't know, that butter and milk don't equal buttermilk. Buttermilk is a whole separate animal, Jarl. <laughs> buttermilk, if you just taste it straight up without anything on it or with it, just tastes like sour old milk. So maybe next time I try making these curds with just old milk. What do you think? Interesting. Yeah, that's good. that's an interesting play. Um <laughs> Well, you do that and let us know how it goes. <laughs> I will. Uh, will do. Anything in particular you had, Joro, this week that really stuck out to you? It's funny that you ask, Aiden, because yesterday I had makiyaki for the first time in a while. Really? Bento meal, the, the special. Um, I believe I had uh, spicy beef, so that was that was good. Ooh. Yeah, right, we're ma- gonna... I've never been to makiyaki, but I know... Me neither. I know when you say, like... <laughs> 
you mention a food and no one else in the room knows what that food is, it means it's good. Most of the time. So just like your buttermilk cheese curds. I've, yeah. I've never heard of that. Exactly. Yeah. Must be go. good. Bingo. Jeez. Two okay. for two today. Let's ride. Let's ride. Speaking of, we're going to get into to some international food real soon today in honor of the Masters. But our first segment, I'm really excited about. We did this when Willie was in, Joro, when we had guest host Willie Nelson here in the fall. Shout out Willie Nelson. We usually have a segment sometimes called 10 Questions where we pull out. And this time we're going to pull out 10 questions, but it's themed. The theme is, are we ready? Get, get to, to know, know Joro. 10 questions for you, Mr. Joro, to, for the audience to learn about you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one. First five are, should be from our, from our background, more. And then second five will be more opinionated. Which club did Joro sign up with Aiden for at OFest? That had to be radio. That is correct. Joro and I, we've told the story plenty of times, but he was, again, as as people have told me in the past, I was Joro's personal hype man for the first, like, two weeks of school here. And uh, a year, year and a half. A year, yeah. Definitely first semester, yeah. I'd say. Maybe not first two weeks, maybe more. I feel like we were each other's hype men, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> dangerous. Dangerous, dangerous game. Too, we, we've yeah. met a lot of famous people, Aiden. Dangerous like, games. Coach, Coach Stan. Uh, freshman Coach year, Stan. freshman year, Coach yeah. Stan. Oh, Stan Johnson. That's yeah. right. We met inside the brew. Oh yeah, my gosh, we, we right. met him, and uh, we met Tony Romo. Yeah, I was gonna flip the order of those. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, we did meet Tony Romo first weekend. I've written about it for MU Campus Ministry, ironically, that story. But inside Jezu, he was gonna get his car towed. Joro and I were, for some reason, going to church at 9 a.m. We didn't go to the 10:30 or 11, whatever they were yeah, doing at that I, point. I don't. Yeah, something I don't know in us. Chose, yeah. Something in us was like we should go to the morning one, and it was because of Tony freaking Romo. So there you go. Something called us, and we had to meet Toro. So. Wow. Yeah, Toro. <laughs> Makes total sense. So Joro, we're asking. This isn't a question for a point, but you're one for one. Joro, your name comes from your name is Joseph Rosales. So, just for the audience's sake, number two. Why isn't it pronounced Horo? Just to be. No, I'm just because wondering. It's, it's with a this. J and not an H. Okay. All right. All right. Taking to heart. <laughs> Understood. You want to do number two, Zach? Uh, you can ask him. Number two. Where is Joro from? I am from Chicago. Simple follow-up. You're a fan of telling a lot of people from Marquette that their suburb isn't actually Chicago. Why I'm is, a, why is Glen advocate. Ellen not Chicago? Glen Ellen is not <laughs> Chicago because it's a Chicago suburb. You, uh, there were that. plenty of people freshman year that we met from Glen Ellen, and you're like, oh, I'm from Chicago. Where are you at? Glen Ellen. And you're like, that's not freaking Chicago, man. How many streets out does Chicago go? West. Are there like hundreds? Yeah, probably. And where are you? Where are you on that, on that like, spectrum? Southside. Southside? Southside. Okay. Big White Sox fan. Huge White Sox fan. Huge. Number three. This is a fun one. What is your major? Z. My majors are <laughs> educational studies, peace studies, and theology. Triple major. No minors. Or no minors. Triple major. You're actually going to an admitted student event right after this with us, which, again, 
grateful that you could be here with us for the pregame of that. Oh, of course. Number four, which member of the show did Joro share a room with? That would be Mr. Passios to my left here. <laughs> the good old days, That's Joro. correct. The good old days. Shoved in a shoebox. We're old now. Yeah. Shoved in a shoebox. Number five, this is the last of your background. Go to dining hall order freshman year. I would have to say Wild. Yep. Yep. Schrader. Cobean. Oh, I was thinking, what would you? Yeah, eat? I was too. Oh, you're putting them in order. That's good. Yeah, though. I'm ranking That's good them. Too, though. I'm ranking them. Wild. Okay, so you, you walk wild, into Wild. What do you? What do you go to oh, I'm first? I'm going straight to the panini. Oh, the panini. Yeah, yeah. straight to oh, the yeah. panini. That, I'm grabbing two, because uh, we used to go back in those days, back in the old days. <laughs> the good old we, days. We so were good. able to go out there. At wild at three four in the morning because mm-hmm. it was twenty four seven as we all know. Of course. So I would always go there, order two paninis, and sneak them in my pockets back to Humphrey, <laughs> and then watch Animal Planet while I eat my panini. That <laughs> sounds <laughs> awesome. That's perfect. It was a, it was a great time. Miss right. those days. Yeah. I was a big uh, rainbow salad kind of guy. Just grab everything you can and get it on there. Every color of the rainbow. You actually, so you started ranking dining hall. So you would go Wild first, then Schrader, then Cobain, you said? Correct. AMU at the bottom? AMU, AMU? The, the reason I'm choosing AMU at the bottom is because I did get sick off of one of their burgers one time. Ooh. Had to go to the hospital because. Hospital? No, no, pump, no pumping of the stomach, but I did throw up there. You think wow. that there was maybe another cause to the sickness or illness? I, I don't think so. It was the middle of the day. The only thing I ate that day yeah. was that burger. So I'm. Um, Were you drinking anything that day? I was not. I was yeah. drinking water. It's more like an interview now. Taking the bait. Gotta, if you want to get technical, I, I was drinking spotlight water. Spotlight on him and he's sweating now. All right, so maybe you don't go to the AMU. You go to eat downtown. What's your favorite Milwaukee restaurant? Number six. Onesto. I like to keep it classy. Okay. Have I been? Have I been? I have not been, but I know that's on my list, and it's been on my list for a while. I've seen it online. People have been uh, talking about that place. It is not on Brady. No, Third Ward. Yeah, Third Ward. I'm thinking of uh, Dorcia. That's Brady Street. I've never been to Dorcia. That's another place I want to try. So that's another place I want to try too. What do they have at at Onesto? They have classic Italian cuisine. Oh yeah, I would recommend the salmon. Ooh. Okay, guy just just walked in here into the studio, and loves his Italian culture, and said that calves is kind of like the Italian vibe. Compared to Murphs. Compared to Murphs. Okay, that's fair. All right, number seven, Perfect Tea, favorite Milwaukee bar. Is it Calf's? No. No. (laughs) Uh, Well, it depends on the season, Aiden, Uh, and here's why I say this. Over the summer, my favorite bar is the Heart because of the outside and obviously the deck, which is uh, just a great summertime activity just to go out. And Sundays, I think Zach and Aiden remember on Sundays Mm midday, you get the bucket of Coronas. Yep. Those are always a favorite. What Um, about uh, Vitucci's? Vitucci's? Oh, are we we resurrecting? Is this during my time at Marquette, my favorite bars? Yeah. It's got to be up there, no? Vitucci's 100% up there. Okay. Yes. Uh, if people don't know about Vitucci's, then you're you're young. You're too young. <laughs> I don't even know about Vitucci's. I think that was a, too young, that was a your guys' room. Young. Yeah, I'm too young. Stay young. All right. What Milwaukee icon did Joro walk to, take a picture with, 
during the dorm power outage first year. This is number eight. Had to be the bronze fonts. That is correct. <laughs> this is more of a background He's question. Got a good memory there. <laughs> <laughs> so, freshman year, there was not a, Tony Romo. Not Tony the Romo. Milwaukee both. icon. Both. Uh, freshman year, there was a power outage for a good four or five hours. Right in the it was on a it, Sunday. It, it was a while. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was on a while. Sunday, and just went for a stroll with our other co-host Willie Nelson, who joined us this fall. All right, number nine. I think I think you can. Cons- I consider you a free. Uh, how how would I describe this? A stylish fas- man. A stylish man. You have your, you know your fashion. Is Shaka's outfit actually stylish? No. No. Why? He's just wearing a polo. It's got a long what's sleeve the, under it. It's not just a polo. What's the? What's the uh, come on. Who wears shirts during basketball games? Like long sleeve underneath a shirt want to get your opinion only on one that. player does that per team and that's not that shouldn't be it the should, coach and it shouldn't be the coach Zach's, Zach's I think it's a pretty good it. look I don't know I might it, I might give it a shot sometime just he, he does rock it no pun intended um I don't know why I said that but <laughs> he, he does the rock pun he does he rocks he, it. he does, plays he, the bass and rocks out I'll tell you this he is confident in how he looks I, and yeah. I appreciate that yeah personally if I were the coach though I'd probably be wearing what I, I'm wearing now <laughs> I think that's a good compromise of <laughs> he likes it so he can do it but if I was the coach I wouldn't be doing it. you'd probably be what you were so what are you wearing right now you know, I'm just wearing street clothes. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> Brian would yell at you right now. You I'm should not, be dressed up in a suit if you're on that sideline. Never been coached and never <laughs> been a coach, so I don't know yeah. where. Not even intramural? Not even intramural, no. Speaking of sports, number 10. It's one of the most iconic questions in the history of the show. Oh, this was a good debate we had. What is the most team-oriented sport? We, we've talked about this before. I remember calling in specifically. Oh, yes. And I believe Brian said football. Yes. I would say crew. Yeah, I like that. I, I remember say, that. You said rowing. Rowing, Pro, yes. Crew. And I can I can defend it if you need me to. Oh, were go you, ahead. Were you a coxswain at I one point? You're ready. You? I was I was both a coxswain and a rower okay. at one point in my life, yes. So defend the rowing, even though you already did this three years ago on our show. Well, if people don't know about rowing, uh, it, you can have a boat that consists of nine rowers. Um, well, nine, nine people, eight rowers, one coxswain who mm-hmm. kind of steers the boat. And you ha- it's all about timing. It's all about being able to be patient and, you know, being in sync with the person in front of you and, and behind you and being socially aware, spatially aware of your surroundings. And it's a very exciting sport. Is it a... Is it a rhythm thing? Is it like a it, kind of like a dance? It, it I wouldn't say a dance per se, but it is it is very rhythmic. Okay. You have to get into. So everyone's got to be doing the same thing at the same time. Same. Well, and the coxswain's got to be the conductor of that. Right? Yeah, he's got to yeah. be able to. Uh, he or she has to be able to uh, navigate where they're going yeah. at all times. So very, you have to be very spatially aware. And I'm not, you know, saying you don't have to be in football. I'm just saying. I believe you have to be more in rowing than in other sports. Yeah, I'd say definitely up there. I'd even put curling up there because you got to be one with the rock. See, the thing, I intended. <laughs> no, you got to be like you, the thrower, and the rock have to be one if you're sweeping. And like a lot of sports, you got to come together and, and be team oriented. But we just mentioned a couple there. 
couple of the top ones. Well, what do you think, Aiden? What what do you think? Sport. Which sport do you think requires the most? I'd have to. I have to go back. I was gonna let you do the research for those two. I gotta. I would have to look. I'm unfortunately not gonna say curling. I think. I think you make a good argument for rowing. I really do. And this is the stuff that we do when Brian's not here, so that it's unfortunate that he's not here to defend himself against this because he got fired up our first year when you called in and said this. I'm pretty sure you were eating a dining hall. You and Zach were at the dining hall. This is before Zach had signed a Games of Grub contract. And you guys guys were Saturday morning eating breakfast at the dining hall, calling us up. And those were quite the days. But well, Br- Brian wasn't even a part of the team. Brian was a kicker. He was like literally the one person yeah, that wasn't yeah. team oriented in the game. Say he was, you say yeah. he was a wide receiver backup. That's what he'll say. Okay, well, yeah, you can't. You don't have a backup on a what? boat. Oh my god, one of the all-time. <laughs> that's a good players. one. You don't have a backup on a boat. No, it's true. It's just you and the eight guys. I think that's, that's it. it. That's I think it. I think we have to end on that. That is your ten questions. Get to know Joro edition. You don't have a backup in rowing. Think about it. Clip that. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. We've got so much stuff to get to. Let's call an audible because we need to get more food takes from Joro. I really I really believe this. So, having said that, we haven't done top five tweets in a long, long time, boys and girls. But it's time to bring it back. It's time to hear Matt's voice once again. The best of Twitter this week. It's Games and Grubs top five tweets. So Matt was your roommate as well, freshman year. So you can you can get down with that uh, audio soundbite. Okay, top five tweets is back. So what we learn is that Twitter is just a cesspool because there's a tweet from Michael Reelman that went viral over the weekend. I saw we're canceling each other over food takes today. Post your cancelable food take. And this is just a Games and Grub gold mine. Okay. So we're going to go as we do, we usually do five through one in screenshots or excuse me, tweets. But there's full screenshots of multiple tweets that I found because there's so much gold in this. Okay, so we're going to find screenshot number one. It's from the author of this thread, Michael Reelman. Again, post your cancelable food take. He replies to his own, says, I was already canceled over my ice cream and balsamic take. Ice cream and balsamic, that can't be real. Ice cream and balsamic? No thoughts? It's a good joke. Haha. <laughs> yeah, he could be trolling. He could be trolling. Definitely okay, trolling. But There's these... no way you put balsamic <laughs> on ice cream. So these, okay, that he may be trolling, but the millions of people that responded to his tweet are definitely not. Here's Alex B. This is number two. I hate chopsticks. They invented forks for a reason, and I use a fork for sushi. Thoughts? You just went to Makiyaki last night. Are you using chopsticks for sushi? I'm using chopsticks for sushi, but I'm using forks for rice. Yeah. You don't do one one grain at a, at a time? I do not. No, I, can't, I, can't, I can't go for that. Yeah. That Shout can't out Hollow Notes. I can't go for that. I can't go for that. Oh. That's a good one. Uh, that was sampled in a rap song. That's how I heard it. All right. 
next one is from our friend Jim Murray at 95 The Sports Sub. He actually is not our friend because I asked him to come on and he couldn't because of his contract. But he says, Domino's has upped their game so much, they're better than most mom and pop pizza joints nowadays. This is a controversial one. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Have you ever been to your, uh, you know, your local Domino's down the street? Domino's. I the know. Small, you know, the yeah, small little shop, yeah, the, the Domino's. Uh, yeah. The Italian place. Yeah. <laughs> I think Italian it's better than, better than most mom and pop shots, the Domino's down the street. I'd have to disagree. I'll, you know, I'll say this. Domino's really does up their game in terms of the pizza game. I think they're better than Pizza Hut. Better than better Papa than, Gino's. Better than Papa John's. Better than Little Caesars. Yeah. But some of these mom and pa pizza joints nowadays are good. And, mm-hmm. and they're underrated. And I, I think everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But... My I'm with opinion. You. I'm with you. Some of the mom and pop pizza joints, Sal's, have slowed down. Yeah, Sal's. It's not that great. Sal's isn't that good. Domino's I'm, I'm right down the street. The the local joint, the Domino's. It's it's real nice. So Sal's, <laughs> which is right by our house, it's not good. Okay, it's not that great. Okay, I'll give you that. It's, like it's pretty Francis good. It's got the, okay. the garlic knot too. They they give That's you the they, get, they do the extras because value. they know. They know it's not very good, so like, here, we'll throw in a garlic yeah. nut. Maybe you'll come back because the, the pizza actual, wasn't good enough. The actual pizza, the crust is kind of hard. It's The slices are huge, which, again, is good for portions and money. But And I go back to my last week's saying of food is all circumstance. So if I'm hungry at 2 o'clock and Sal's is open, I'm going to be so joyful that I get to have yeah. pizza from Sal's. But in the middle of the day, if I have a chance to go to the local joint Domino's or Sal's, I'm taking Domino's. I think this is a little skewed, too, since your other co-host, Brian Gallagher, used to work for Domino's. That's true, so too. you guys <laughs> might be riding for Domino's, Domino's which I respect. He, he, he was riding ride, for Domino's for a he while. He could be riding hard, just like he wrote for Chipotle. All right, number three. This feels, this has two and one, which is why we had to include it. Mr. Rager, 1987, he writes... Peanut butter tastes like bleep, and the idea that some huge percentage of people in the country think it's delicious is just a massive conspiracy. I try it every now and then to see if it's an acquired taste, but still straight up trash. Couldn't disagree more. Terrible take. Yeah, that's awful. And and the tweets coming off of this are even worse. And then, okay, so actually, this is the this is the second tweet of the screenshot. Pasta isn't that good. So I had pasta just straight up. Like maybe I was a little bit hungover last week, but I need, I needed <laughs> I needed something to eat, and just pasta, butter, and that was it. And it was heavenly. So I, I completely disagree with this guy. Some people think you got to doctor up your pasta, put a nice little sauce in there, no. get some Italian sausage. You one know. of the purest That's forms of pasta. Nah, you just grab the pasta. That's all. You have the that some of the purest form of carbohydrates, pasta, straight up, straight up pasta. Straight up, I like it. Straight up gluten, and then peanut butter. I'll be one of the biggest peanut butter defenders here on the planet. I got as he, you know, was throwing expletives here in this tweet. I got some real expletive for a take on this show freshman year. Peanut butter saying on I a put burger. A, saying I put peanut butter on my burger. Because I love peanut butter that much. All right, so, well, that, well, is it with a... Yeah, this is a bad take. Like a regular <laughs> burger. Uh, like. Build a burger. 
down the street. <laughs> yeah, Jorah's looking at me like, eh, it, mm, The way I did I it, it also one. had jelly on it, which was my mistake. I think the jelly's okay, and I mentioned this before, but I think the jelly's okay because sometimes you put jelly in your meatballs. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a recipe for a good meatball, and I've had, like I said before, in YD Red Sox, they have a donut with a burger, and then or jelly donut with a burger, and then spray cheese on top. And that was phenomenal. I just wouldn't so, go down the route of the, the peanut butter. So the last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last screenshot, uh, it's broken up into, so let's do second to last. Cameron Wolf, who covers the NFL for their network, Peanut Butter is Repulsive. We've been over that. And then Mike Clay, another NFL reporter. Vanilla Greek yogurt, let's read this. Vanilla Greek yogurt mixed with granola tastes better than ice cream. Joro's face just lit up. I'm, <laughs> I love to see that. There's absolutely no chance that the. It may taste better in your head because it's better for you, but the actual taste cannot be compared. He may have, uh, you know, kind of tricked himself into thinking this, though. What do you mean? Just to be on a diet or something. That's what, you know that's what, that's what I'm saying. A lot, a lot of people do that. Psychology. I think, that's, I think that has to be the case here because. I think I could tell who put these tweets on here because Aiden's a big fan of peanut butter and a huge fan of ice cream so I'm wondering if if one were to be if one were to be taken away from this world which one would you rather still have in great follow-up question uh because I see you I literally every probably every other night got a big bowl like not just a little bit of ice cream like a big bowl of ice cream and then every every morning I wake up and he's in the kitchen I got that nice smooth peanut butter smell off his bagel so which one is it i think i'm oh man it's tough because because peanut butter is a daily you can have it for breakfast like you know on a bagel on a sandwich whatever but ice cream is only dessert but it means so much to me that i still might be taking ice cream i think i i think i would kick peanut butter off the planet unfortunately because at the same time, yeah, it's like good source of protein, but at the same time, it's not that great for you. Like they've been there. Neither is out. ice cream, though. If you're if you're looking at it from no, a no, health no, yeah, perspective, yeah, 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 you gotta saying, go. Yeah, I'm saying, but like, but if you think peanut butter is the healthy alternative to ice cream, it's not. Like that's what I'm saying. So, and ice cream also, it just has a special place in my heart. The peanut butter part of it, I was saying. It's it can be used obviously during the day like I'm not gonna eat ice cream during the day and it's, even if I'm at home during lockdown I didn't do it don't worry so that I think would be my choice even though it's a tough one that's a good question good follow up last one of this top five tweets thread edition food takes comes from Fleming I dip slash soak my pizza crusts in my Coke before eating them. Get them nice and soggy like Joey Chestnuts with hot dog buns. And then Chef Benny replies, try it with Fanta next time. That can't be good. You, you're you just putting more sugar into your body. It's it's the placebo effect of more, and not even placebo. Just, oh, let's soak it in more soft drinks so that it can be good. But pizza, it's not like the crust is by itself. It's part of the pizza, even if you're getting from Domino's or Sal's. <laughs> So there's no chance that this actually tastes good. I'm not a fan of soggy things. You never, you never know until you try it. Here, here's the thing, Aiden. Two, two things here. 
the fan of soggy things, I am a fan of soggy things in terms really? of Italian beef, especially from uh, Portillo's, Some, Chicago. Oh, yeah. Something, something like Chicago. moist. Yeah, something moist. It's, it's good. That's, mm-hmm. that's good, the sogginess. But I believe, firmly believe, the only time someone should be drinking pop is if they are drinking it with something else. They shouldn't be mixing it with food like this. Yeah, that's that's pretty gross. That's tough. It's it's a tough pill to swallow. Explain so. that. Explain that second part again. You got to be drinking the soda, not pop. Get it's that pop. word out of this. It's pop. Get that word out of here. But with another drink, or yeah, like a mixer. So like, well, like rum and coke. Well, like what they did on Drake and Josh, where they they did. The <laughs> oh yeah, great <laughs> reference to Drake and Josh. Okay, so. That that could be another ten questions for Joe. You call it pop, not not soda, not tonic, not anything else. It's pop. I think that's only like a that's a Midwest thing, right? Yeah, yeah, big Every, time. Everywhere else is just soda. Yeah, in don't the, don't go saying that out east. In the south, in the south, it's a mix of pop and then people just call it Coke all soda, just Coke. So that's your top five cola tweets cola. of the week. Cola, cola. Yeah, I think cola again. It's that. It's the only. It's like only Fanta. Fanta. Like Fanta. Yeah, yeah, Fanta can't be considered cola. All right. So if you have any of those four food takes, and you can let us know, Joro, when you're taking off, at four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one. Again, four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one, and you can get us on Instagram and Twitter, both at Grub M U R, and we will transition. I I think to another great sports and food segment because we've had so much good food talk this morning, but it has to come to a ceremonious end with the Masters talk. It is just right on the tip of my tongue. Games and Grub, best podcast on the planet. How are we doing? Because the Masters is upon us. And again, put it in the category of things we can do when Brian's not here. Because Brian loves himself some anti-Masters talk. He doesn't like to give master the Masters its credit. He wants to say that Wimbledon or Wimbledon, however you say it, is, is the more prestigious tournament. But I think Zach and I can agree. We, we Maybe you're a big tennis guy, but I think we're, we're, we both say the Masters, right? Mm-hmm. Love the Masters. It's here. We are Tiger. You made the cut. Don't worry. We're going to have some Tiger talk. It's time to dissect the more important version of the Masters for this show, the food side of it. Play that song. You know the song, Joro? I do not. It's the Masters theme song. It's named Augusta. So we bring up Masters food here for a reason, because there's two sound bites I want to play courtesy of the ringer and the Bill Simmons podcast Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters last year and Hideki Matsuyama is Japanese first Japanese born player to win the Masters and a tradition I learned is that the champions dinner next year for the Masters full of past champions of the Masters right from Gary Player to Jack Nicklaus to Tiger Woods the returning champion to the Masters picks the food. So Hideki Matsuyama from Japan. Let's play the sound of what he 
had served at the Masters Champions Dinner. Let's play the clip. Is it one or two? I can't remember. It's definitely two. A tradition unlike any other. Jim Nance. What is your favorite thing about this Masters that's not Tiger, Nathan? Uh, Hideki's Champions Dinner menu. So he he did uh, he did a, a assortment of sushi. He followed it with some black miso cod, and then he finished with some Miyazaki wagyu, which it just made you hungry. That was yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's always reading coming down here. I mean, I assume Jordan Spieth. That's all he could talk about in the press conference. It's way better than pigs in the blanket or cottage right? pies. DJ served pigs in the blanket. Danny Willett cottage pies. Like this was a real meal. That's courtesy of the Bill Simmons podcast, and that's Nathan Hubbard talking about what Hideki had, and he referenced how past champions like Dustin Johnson made pigs in a blanket, okay? He made uh, Danny Willett. He had cottage pies, which I'm not really that familiar with. Cottage pies. Once again, if you don't know, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I think it's a British thing. Oh, yes, that's right. So if if you need a reminder here, the Masters Club dinner, as they just said in the soundbite, the appetizers were sushi, shahimi, and nigiri yakitori chicken sewers, a skewers, excuse me. And the main courses, I'm doing dirty work here. You're <laughs> laughing at my pronunciations, but I'm doing the dirty work here. Miso glazed black cod. Okay, that's one of the uh, headliners here, uh, just like Summerfest headliner. Miyazaki wagyu, A5 wagyu beef ribeye with with mixed mushrooms wow we're struggling this morning and vegetables and then sencho daikon ponzu sounds amazing right and the dessert served in honor of hideki matsuyama japanese strawberry shortcake fluffy sponge cake with whipped cream and amau strawberries so i love the i love the strawberry shortcake but let's go back to the the main course wagyu wow and Simmons made the joke there that it just makes you hungry. Have you had Wagyu? I have. Uh, very good. Very good piece of meat. Okay. And then the black cod for fish with uh, glazed black with a dashi broth. Glazed in miso, correct? Miso glazed, yes, correct. That sounds delicious. You're thinking about it. And Jordan Speed. Give me a flight down to Georgia. Or Tokyo. It's <laughs> true. Because uh, because Jordan Spieth, one of my personal favorites, couldn't stop talking about the food in the press conference. So that's a good sign. Hideki Matsuyama, I wanted to give you a shout out because not only is it a unique meal, but I think we're in, we're in lockstep. Some miso glazed black cod, some wagyu, and then some Japanese strawberry shortcake for dessert. That will always work for me. Second clip we want to play in honor of the master's food is more for the public. This is what you get if you're a patron of the master's, okay? This is just a few of the things that they mentioned here. This is Simmons with Ryan Rossillo, courtesy of The Ringer. Rossillo, have you been to the master's? Yeah, I have. It's amazing. What what was your sandwich? I didn't make any. But I we had, no when to Bob. Were you like <laughs> egg salad or <laughs> no? I think PB&J? egg salad. He knows egg salad is like I can't even believe people order it when there are I, other I think it's, I also think it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. I can't even stand looking at it. If I know somebody that orders it, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I uh, order it and I love it. Okay, well there love you go. Egg salad. 
I try, I try to buy the pimento, not for me. I, you know, I went with a couple of the chicken sandwiches. You know what I really love though is the peach ice cream sandwich. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, as a non-golf guy, it's one of the five best sporting events I've ever attended. It is that. It blew my expectations out of the water. No peach ice cream sandwiches here, Simmons. They're gone? Supply chain issues. It's, very, it's a fluid situation. It's what is being that? reported from the grounds right now. Excuse me. The peach ice cream sandwich, obviously courtesy of Georgia, Big Peach State, they make a peach ice cream sandwich. But to rewind to the real meal, uh, real meal and not the dessert, the Masters is known for its egg salad and its breakfast sandwiches, notably the pimento cheese sandwich. That might not even be a breakfast sandwich. Can you tell I haven't been to the it is not a It is not a breakfast sandwich. That's just one of the other options, and the, the price point for these are phenomenal. Yes, so that's the second part of this, is that the master's menu, if you're lucky enough to go to, as Rosillo just mentioned, probably the most toughest ticket in sports that I know, at least in America, the menu for these sandwiches is like... All of them are $1.50, $2. You can't get this kind of food at 7-Eleven for these prices. No. Not even your local Domino's joints got these prices. <laughs> Domino's. So, real quick, the peach ice cream sandwich, they just mentioned it. Having supply chain issues, that's another pandemic victim where apparently maybe some members of the media get some. You're telling me you can't make peaches in your home state? Like, get those into the supply chain of... I don't know. Like, that seems like a pretty big part of peach ice cream sandwiches, no? Like, that would be the holdup if it were me, because I think ice cream's plenty plentiful, like, pretty plentiful. You got a lot of cows oh, everywhere. Not if I'm doing damage. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, anyway, the peach ice cream, I assume it's peach-flavored ice cream, or just like Chick-fil-A does, you could do the peach shake, and it has parts of the peaches in the shake. That is good, and... It makes sense because Chick-fil-A is based down in the south, but they do their peaches real well. That should be a drop. <laughs> Got your peaches down in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Justin Bieber, there's your peaches down in Georgia. So are you more excited? If you were a patron this weekend, would you be more excited to have Hideki Matsuyama's menu of glazed miso, black cod, wagyu, shortcake, or a peach ice cream sandwich with a pimento cheese sandwich with it. I'm most definitely eating that Wagyu with the boys uh, in in the clubhouse and enjoying all the time with all those greats. Yeah, if I were lucky enough to eat with those legends, then I would 100% jump on that. They could serve me feet. I don't know. (laughs) Feet? (laughs) (laughs) They could serve me, I don't know. You name it, I'd eat it if I were with those people. Okay, so as a background, pimento is the classic classic southern spread, traditionally made of cheese, mayonnaise, and pimento, or pimiento peppers. So this is the mix for the master's most iconic sandwich. But this, the, the desk here, I think, I'm, I think I need that traditional master's experience. And as a sugar nut myself, I would take the peach ice cream sandwich options. So. And you'll get it someday. You just got to work hard. Keep working on that swing and and don't let anything stop you because I believe in you. Wow. You can do it. Thank you. That's re-endorsement. I'm 
I don't think I'll be there as a player. I just try. Oh, to be there sorry, as a I didn't didn't realize what you what you meant. You right thought there. I was actually gonna be a player? Yeah, we're we're in uh we're here in the college radio studio. I I would be at the range this morning if we didn't we weren't doing this. Yeah, exactly. All right, there's your master's menu minute. I thought you were totally joking. You're like, get that swing ready. I'm like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> But <laughs> so, got uh, him. You will not. I got him. You will not. I <laughs> uh, gotta keep this train on the tracks here. I will definitely not. I would not think be a professional golfer anytime soon. I was just trying to be there as a fan. The tickets for the Masters, you can't buy them. You need to know people. And that's why it's the hardest ticket in the Joro, how do I get a ticket to this admitted students day thingy? Oh, yeah. Do good have, question. Do they have free food, too? They do. Yeah, like snacks, water, <sighs> wagyu. Hopefully. <laughs> Is there anything like that menu? Yeah, I think snacks, they have their own water. egg salad. <laughs> There's a, there might be an admitted student event here at the College of Communication this morning because we walked by some granola bars and water bottles. A lot of things going on here on a Saturday morning. There's like a thin piece of glass uh, from the studio to the hallway, and I just I mentioned to Jar I feel like I'm a goldfish swimming in a swimming in what is that fish tank? <laughs> a fish tank. Fish tank. And everyone's just looking in, poking the glass. Like, what are these guys doing in here? Talking about master sandwiches. Oh yes, and so- soaking your pizza in Fanta. So. Call us up if you are if you've been to the Masters. If we have someone who's listening who's been to the Masters, I would be very surprised, and that would be the greatest endorsement of this show. That would be the in. That would be that would be the in. Didn't Matt Wolf call in? That's right. Matt Wolf played at the Masters and called in. <laughs> Joro, thanks for we had someone call in. It was Zach's uncle as a parody. He was doing an impersonation. We can actually find that clip. I want to find that now that we're. Now that we're on that Masters train, because I don't think it was at the Masters that he called in, but Matt Wolf had just came off. It it might have been the Tour Championship, the last tournament of the year down in Atlanta, but it was not. Yeah, he didn't make the cut that time. That's right. He didn't make the cut, and that's why he needed to uh, call us, because he was going to... Uh, we we talked Maybe about get a job at IKEA. We talked about the basically the most important part of the Masters, which was the board that's everywhere for food, you know, the menu. But we didn't talk about the leaderboard of what's going on here. Oh yeah. In do you have a a pick uh, coming out that's going to be on top on Sunday? Well, the the elephant in the room is that Scotty Scheffler has a five shot lead, and mm-hmm. that's going to be tough to I I shouldn't say that. I don't think that's an unrelinquishable lead, but the man behind it, Scotty Scheffler, he's the number one player in the world right now. I was yesterday years old when I found out that he, or yesterday days, you know, removed from finding out that Scotty Scheffler is the world number one right now. So to me, he's playing really well. If you've paid attention to tournaments before this, in the beginning of this season, obviously the Masters is the first major of the season. He has been playing really well. So I think that if you had to give me a pick at the end of the week, I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler. It's not the fun pick. It's not the sexy pick, but do you have anyone different on your mind? I don't know. Kevin Nah 
uh, he always sticks it out at the uh, end of tournaments like this, and he's uh, he's right there with the the second placers. So, I'm looking at the archive of our games and grub shows, and the award shows from last year, and both of them had a description of our show as the masters keep showing up and coffee that was how they described the show that we submitted last year and it's because of matt wolf calling in and another guest that we've had while i try to find this here's our other beloved guest john fanta talking about how he loves to golf i do get out um if i've got my driver going it's shades of john daly okay wow yeah, I mean, I like to have fun out there. I'm very vocal. You know, I played two of my buddies last year, and I was out on six. I'm giving them some free publicity. Springvale in North Olmsted, Ohio. And I'm out on six. It, I'm like I'm like two shots back. And uh, two or three, actually. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just told, you know, when you're playing match golf, like against your buddies, you just kind of hope you can hang in and play halfway decent. And then maybe if they kind of fall apart, you'll you'll end up preserving because you know if you're an amateur and you don't play a ton you're gonna have a fall apart hole so you're just kind of hoping that that doesn't happen and you play loose so i get to six and i'm like two or three shots back and i have like a 30 footer and i drain it and those two guys were so frazzled by that it changed the entire round changed the entire <laughs> round. i ended up blowing up on seven play i do get out so that's the that's the john phantom putt from 30 feet you big golfer joro I'm not. Fanta's friend comments. I wouldn't say I am either. As one of the, well, we, we, we get out here and there. We like to spend some time at the range. As one of the friends he was playing with, it's a shame the video cuts out right before his historic meltdown on the 17th hole. So just to give you some context. So that's obviously our, our, our guy, and he says he's very vocal on the course. I couldn't be that much of a trash talker on the course. I think you got to be good to be a trash talker. And I know compared true. compared to me you're you're pretty good. Probably like Tiger compared to me, but yeah. But you got to be good to be able to talk on the course and and talk your shit. So <laughs> that's uh that's why you have to be able to, you know, back it up. Talk it you have to you have to be able to back it up. I think that that makes total sense. So and what else do we have on the docket here? Games in grub NBA minute. So, uh, do we want to pick back up there? Let's with pick the C's. Pick back up the NBA. Yeah, go for it. Let's play this opening. Let's start the. Let's start our NBA talk. And again, this is put this in the category of things we do when Brian is not here, because this is way Brian. This is what Brian wants to talk about the NBA, and he's not here. So we'll have to get him on the line maybe, uh, if he wants. But I love LeBron. Here, <laughs> here, here's Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Again, speaking with Bill Simmons, and he gives a good lowdown. One of the best lowdown, one of the best breakdowns of the Celtics in about two minutes that I've heard people give. The transition from last year, this year from Ime Udoka and Brad Stevens. Last year with Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge, the leadership change. That rhymes. Let's play this breakdown. Like, Monty Williams is going to win Coach of the Year. He'll get my vote. He'll get yeah. everybody's vote. He'll deserve it. 
But I think Ime is number two on that list, ahead of guys like Spolstra and Taylor Jenkins and Billy Donovan. And the argument against him is often, well, they only were good for like the last three months of the season. No, no, no. He was coaching his ass off in the first two months of the season, breaking them of all the shitty habits that they had coming into the season. He deserves... I, I respected what he was doing, and I also thought it was insane because I was just like, the, you can't do this with how soft the league is now. You can't call these guys out. These guys are all individual brands. They're going to turn on him, and this is going to be a disaster. And, and there was a couple moments in those first 50 games when it, I don't want to say they were quitting on him, but it felt like they were a little bit broken. And I think the trades, look, you're around the team more than I am, but it, it did seem like it helped to get Schroeder out of there. I don't know if he was Mr. Popularity. Um, and it also helped from smart standpoint because then he became the true point guard. It's my team now. And he really embraced it. But I, the calibration of guys weren't right. You had Richardson in there. He wanted to play. He played well. My dad really liked him. But he was kind of thrown off the rotation. Pritchard wasn't playing enough because of Schroeder. And that. now it seems like everybody likes each other. But sometimes sports is weird. Danny Ainge is a great GM. But as I look back now, he probably needed to go too. And Brad needed to take that job because yeah. Danny never would have included a first-round pick to get off Kemba Walker. Would not have done. And Brad did. And I know everybody's excited about Alperin Sangoon, but whatever. Like, he got Horford back, and Horford's been huge for this team all season long. Well, Brad Brad coached Kemba, so I think I think he he was under the hood with the car. Yeah, but Dan, Danny also never would have thrown in the draft consideration to get Derek White. I, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe he would have traded picks to get Derek White to Boston. Derek White's been huge for them. Both ends of the yeah. floor. A perfect fit with that team. So, like... <laughs> Brad needed to be out of the coaching box. Danny, for this team, kind of needed to be out of the GM box, and everybody's in their right slot, which I never thought was gonna was true. Like you asked me, you asked me in December, I thought everybody should be fired. They should have brought in Sam Presti to just fire everybody and do the whole thing over again. Thursday, Zach and I attend the Celtics Bucks game here in Milwaukee, and it wasn't the best game for us to do an analysis of because Jason Tatum didn't play. But the background on the Mannix Simmons clip is based around the transition from Danny Ainge to Brad Stevens in the front office. Or first of all, Ime Udoka, Brad Stevens to Ime Udoka in the front office. And then in the, excuse me, from the head coaching perspective, geez, Louise. And then from a, from a coaching perspective, from a, excuse me, I can't get this word out. From the front office, Danny Ainge to Brad Stevens. There we go. You had cleaned house, kind of, from a head coaching and GM perspective for this Celtic team. And this may not be the correct day to be doing the segment. Actually, it is because it's the playoffs start in a week and it's time to start talking basketball as much as we have taught college all year long for the most part. And for it's time to kind of dig our teeth deeper into the NBA, which I know Brian will do. When he comes back next week from a, obviously a Timberwolves plan perspective, but also a league-wide perspective. Week two of MVP check-in, and you still got Giannis? I really want to give it to Giannis, but I think at this point, if I had to predict who is going to get it, I think they're going to give it to Jokic. Okay. So Is that ma- fatigue? Is that NBA fatigue and, no, and not think- wanting to give it to the same guy three years in a row? No, I think it's more based on. I think I have I have faith that the media wouldn't let that get in the way. Didn't they especially give it to the Jokic voters last year? Huh? Giannis got it the last two years. He got it last year too. Yeah, I thought Jokic won it. I believe I believe Giannis. Did they give it to Jokic last year? Joro with the moves out here. 
He's making us making us do our our research here. All right, we are sorely mistaken because Jokic did get it last year. Yeah, so that might be fatigue in itself. So huh. Giannis, so Giannis, but the overall Milwaukee, the t- overall take in the Milwaukee media is that Giannis has had three straight years of getting exponentially better. Like you can argue he is he is a better shooter than last year, and they and they won the NBA t- NBA title. So. He won the MVP of the NBA title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of the yeah, finals. finals, yeah, exactly. Finals MVP. Side note, in this Bucks celtics game on Thursday, it was fan appreciation night, and they gave away this Giannis bobble with his NBA, uh, excuse me, his They must have trophy. given away, like, a thousand, two thousand t-shirts. I swear to God, they were like, we ten, don't have... Ten thousand bobbleheads, and then however many t-shirts. And then hats, too. Did you guys get... Get some? I got. I caught one. Gave it to the lady next to me because I don't want a Bango T-shirt. You know yeah. the Bango the Buck. Yeah. No, thank you. It was like Bango, Bango, Bango. It's like no, 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 no. no. <laughs> have you been to a Bucks game recently, Joro? I have not. That's uh, definitely on my bucket list before I yeah, move out. You did you join us when we saw Pat Connaughton freshman year? I, I did. Joro. Yeah. yeah he was. I, a- I wasn't in the studio at the time, but I do remember the hype around the Pat Connaughton towel. Oh, yeah. The oh, infamous yeah. towel that mm-hmm. you guys still own. It's somewhere. So they throw, they throw, Zach's right, they throw probably, I don't even know a number to put on it, so many t-shirts. I think they were, it was fan appreciation night, and I think they were just trying to get rid of all of them before the, the season ends and the playoff shirts come well, out. Well, no, I've been to a game, I went to a game a couple weeks ago. And for every three-pointer they hit, it's like, Gruber Law, more T-shirts. Like, I can't believe. It was kind of ridiculous. I'm trying to watch the game, and this lady next to me is standing up like, oh, I want another T-shirt. Like, watch the game. Come on. For a section, if you're in section 202, right? Trying to watch Sam Hauser drain some threes. Exactly. You have a T-shirt. How many? You have probably 20 rows. There's probably, you know, a couple hundred people in that one section. And there's a good chance with how many T-shirts they're throwing per game. You got a pretty damn good chance of getting a T-shirt, which for how many they throw. And and it's, I mean, you're surprised, but if you go to a game, it's very evident. It's like giving everyone a participation trophy. They should cap it at five shirts thrown for the entire place. If you get one, you made it that night. Maybe you can sell it for a lot later. Interesting. Give, giving out to that, everyone. It, that bobblehead will go. The same. That bobblehead will go for a lot, no doubt. Which is why I wanted. I wasn't gonna get it and sell it, and we didn't get because we weren't in time. But that bobblehead did look really cool. So I'm surprised they saved that for the last home game and wouldn't do that opening night because it was championship themed. Unless they're just spreading it out. Has anyone here been to the bobblehead museum here in Milwaukee? No. no, can't say that I have. Good I def- friend, good friends at the Wire just did a story on it this week, though. Yeah, which def- I haven't definitely want to get over there. I think there's a, isn't there a big Dwayne Wade one from Marquette? Uh, you think it's life size or maybe not that? Just may, maybe even the the camera frame I saw was was <laughs> bad, uh, bad optical illusion. But uh, we'll have to get there. It's by the Collectivo Coffee in the Foundry. Four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one again. Four one four. Two eight eight seven zero nine one, and Joro, he has stayed his welcome. We thought we were getting you. We, we thought we were taking off twenty minutes ago, but you have made it here, and you are off to do some public speaking duties. More public speaking than just radio. 
So we appreciate you joining us big time because we had a lot of fun. And any final words for the uh, Games of Grub audience? It's great to be here again. Um, hopefully I can come back in a couple weeks. Oh, we'll get we'll get together a full gang of characters for the last show here. I'm, I promise you that. I would love I would love to come. Yeah, that'd be. That'd I would be love awesome. nothing more. We right. uh, we definitely appreciate you coming in and filling uh, that guy that has the cold takes all day. Those, spot, are, so. those are some big shoes to fill, and I I hope I did half cold as takes. good of a job as he does. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's move on, Zach. To expand more on that, obviously the game itself, and then. All the t-shirts and stuff that we hear the bucks however many t-shirts they throw that's how many threes they hit because that's how many you know threes they bring out the t-shirts for and it's not every three-pointer but it's almost every other the other thing that i am astounded at from a game operations standpoint and i think this will you know be attractive to the audience is the brat zuka oh yeah that was interesting. So instead of <laughs> Joros... Instead of a t-shirt cannon, they had a t-shirt cannon. They had a t-shirt cannon, don't worry. But they also had Aiden. a brat cannon. I don't even know how you... Yeah, brat, it. it's called a bratzooka. They literally put brats in these little tubes and shot them out like they were shooting them out of a t-shirt cannon all over. Uh, was it Johnson that... Uh, that supported uh, that effort? Clements. Clements sausages. Yes. And I'm due to go there. And, and that's the other funny part of this is that the last two sporting events, the last two basketball games, we went to Marquette DePaul in Chicago. That was probably what, a month ago now. Yep. And then Marquette Creighton at uh, Madison Square Garden. And then uh, Villanova Creighton. At Madison Square Garden. Oh, wait, so you, you didn't make it out there. I was not there. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then this game tonight, the last two times I've gone to either get a beer or get something to eat, I do not pay attention and start to get it right as they close the concession. Either right after DePaul, it was 10 minutes left in the second half, they closed the beer stand. And then I was looking to get a nice clement sausage, courtesy of the Bratzuka. I was gonna—I didn't catch one, unfortunately, but they stopped that stand at the end of the third. So, got bad luck there. But the Bratzuka—I just think it's such a novel idea because of the culture of Milwaukee with the sausages and the brats, but also the novelty of it, the way they ball up the T-shirts. And we've seen this plenty of times in Marquette games. It's kind of the same way that they ball up the sausage brat, whatever you want to call it. So that really got me in the mood for a brat, and I was not able to get it because they closed at the end of the third what's, quarter. What's the reason for that? Why do they close during the third quarter? Why do all places do that? Don't they want the money? Like, I'm I'm willing to go buy that. a beer in the third, fourth quarter. I want a beer to finish off this game. What happens when it goes to overtime? You're just losing out on my money. I I thought about this during the game in my head, and it and it makes sense in two ways, I think. A, for the workers to clean up faster, to clean up their, their space so that when the game's over, they can leave. But then also, the from a drinking standpoint, you know, less liability, closing it at the end of the third quarter so that, 
I mean, A, they make the beer $12 anyway, and also... I could buy, like, eight beers at the beginning of the game and stock up if I wanted, though. I don't I don't think that liability is taken off do they the max Bucks' it out? shoulder. Could you max it? No, because I just go buy? to a different place each time, and I pay with cash, and no one would know. Maybe, yeah, well... Maybe they got cameras around, like, a casino, and they check it out, but I, I don't think it's a liability thing. I get your first point there. It definitely makes sense that they get to pack up a little bit early, get everything cleaned up so that the arena is cleared out by a certain time at night. But I just I don't understand. Pfizer, you want my money? Come get it. Open up for the fourth quarter. I'll buy a beer. I think that would be a, an NBA slash sports rule because I think, I mean, I haven't been to a baseball game. Almost everyone does it. Uh, yeah, I haven't been to I was a, just wondering. I've been to a baseball game in a while, but they shut it. They shut the yep. beers down at what a fifth, sixth inning, maybe later. Since baseball takes long, but the so that's a that's a weird game operations tick that again I should know by now and I will know most you gotta, likely you got to have good awareness you got to be like the players good clock awareness is huge in all sports and especially when you're a fan trying to get a beer at the end of the game and I needed one at the end of that third quarter because the game itself was a well. Play game obviously by our Celtics. Jason Tatum rested, and so did Al Horford because they both played the night before against the Bulls in Chicago on the back-to-back. But the way that the team played with kind of a weird starting lineup, with again the absence of Horford and Tatum, I think plays well. And and that was the first time I got to see a lot of those guys play in person. Obviously Derek White, and he kind of the mix of him and Smart together running the point won't be the case when Tatum comes back because... Who's the fifth guy when uh, when come playoff time? JT back. Say even Robert Williams comes back for that first round. Well, yeah, that's their... So their normal healthy lineup would be Rob Williams, Tatum, Brown, Smart, and Horford. But obviously Horford and Tatum didn't play, and now... Rob Williams is hurt. He should be back. It, we're getting close to that four weeks where he would be back by the second round of the playoffs if they were to win a round. So the whole ducking seeds, the whole ducking Brooklyn thing, I'm not a huge believer in it. We asked the bartender about it, actually, while we were getting a beer. We did get we did get our first beer at the first quarter, folks. We just didn't sit there with nothing the whole game. But they asked the bartender, uh, or I said, oh, do they, does any team want to win this game tonight? That's what he asked us. And I'm like, oh, to avoid to avoid Brooklyn, you know, in the playing tournament. And he's like, no, to avoid each other. And then another, so Milwaukee and Boston obviously being two and three right now. And then Boston and Philly, I believe, are tied within a half game of each other right now with a game left for the three and four spot. And then the other dimension that he mentioned is – or that I heard later on in the night, later on after having that Chicago dog, was Ben Schultz of the Marquette Wire coming up to me saying, oh, yeah, people want to avoid Toronto because of the COVID regulations down there. And, guys, we talked about this last week. Brian brought it up that guys in Toronto, excuse me, guys on Boston and Philly and potentially Brooklyn are not vaccinated and they're well obviously Kyrie Irving but the uh the vaccine rules in Toronto would somehow permit players to not play up there or travel across the border I'm not worried about 
either that or the possibility of playing Brooklyn. They don't play defense. They they score. Teams can score 120 on them every night. So if you're a Boston fan listening, have no worries. This is probably the best Celtics team we've seen in the last five years, going back to the Isaiah Thomas Eastern Conference final years. And that was a team that we knew ultimately as fans was not going to take home a championship. This team has that potential. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Instagram and Twitter at grub mur let's we start like we always start with best food this week and then we finish like we always finish with trivia to go zach are you ready i'm ready it's only me today this is gonna be tough oh boy all right here we go in this radio restaurant when it's time to go we don't ask for the check we ask the tougher questions it's time for trivia to go This week, we are doing Easter edition because Easter is next week, folks, and we will not be on the air next week because of Easter break. We'll be at home. But we have to start with the real reason for Easter. This is the only one of this type, Zach. Five questions, but number one is, in the Bible, how many days passed between Jesus' death and resurrection? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're killing me. I mean, you'll learn this next week. Um, I'm between five and three. How many days pass? I'm between five and three. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if Joe Rowe was, this is why I didn't know that Joro wasn't going to be here for this last segment because he would have this in the heartbeat. Yeah, we'll go with three. Three. Five. Three. 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 Five or three? Three. That is correct. It is three. It is three. I knew it was one or the other. All right. These are going to be a cakewalk now. <laughs> Let's go. One for one. So we've got two Two out of these next four are closest to the pen, okay, in Masters Edition. How many chocolate bunnies are produced each year? Is this national, international? I believe it's just the whole world. Okay. <laughs> you know, they were probably producing these back after valentine's day ended or maybe st patrick's day because they just roll into the next hallmark holiday like nothing this one hallmark a legit holiday. this one's a legit holiday but i'm just saying yeah the, they're trying to sell as many as possible i'd say oh gosh i'm in like the 10 million i think it's far enough to say that it's not very close it's 90 million wow Okay. So all sizes matter. Uh-huh. You're probably doing jumbo size bunnies and mm-hmm. then the small ones. Let's go straight to the next closest ballpark answer in honor of opening day. We didn't even talk baseball today. Red. How Red many? or green? Oh, I was. All right, let's do that one. Oh, the, sorry. The first Easter eggs were dyed what ru- that, What color? Well, I know Greek Easter, Orthodox Easter, they dye them red. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with red. I'm gonna, I'll keep it red. That is correct. Yeah. It is red. Mm-hmm. So you're two for the two actual questions you can answer. You've nailed them. How many jelly beans do Americans eat each Easter? Only on the Easter day or the days around? I think it's only the day. And it's only in America. It's got to be over 90 million, I swear, because you can pop those things like nobody's business. 
but only the day and only in America you make <laughs> jelly beans. Uh, 50 million. I'm gonna go under actually. Yeah, because yeah. on that day. Okay, so you are closer than the bunnies. Yeah. This one is 16 million. Oh, what? I feel like Tell me we, we make like nine. higher. Yeah. yeah, we make 90 million bunnies, but we can't consume at least 50 million. It has to be because of the calendar and like the lead up because I guess that actual day people are traveling, people are going to church in the morning. They don't have time to eat their, they their jelly beans. But I mean, that's that I'm with you. That's surprising. Last one of the trivia to go Easter edition. Easter Island is part of what country? <laughs> I, I like this one. Uh, <laughs> Easter Island. Gosh, I have no idea. It's either off the coast. It's I've, either definitely, near, it's I've e- definitely heard of it. All right. I'm in between two spots. It's either near Madagascar area off like, or it's part of Ireland. So two very different answers Alaska there. Alaska or Ireland? Alaska, not Alaska. Not Alaska. What'd you say? Like Madagascar. Oh, Madagascar. I thought you said Area. Alaska. I don't know where I, I was paying attention. Uh, or like Ireland, GB, one of the islands off of that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Go for it. Where's Easter Island? Chile. Oh, did not so, know that. That was very off. I had heard of it before. What? Didn't know it was in Chile, so... There's your uh, pretty good pretty good performance by yourself. Again, you didn't have Joe Rowe for that question about the Bible, but that's your trivia to go. Chile, or Chile, that. It, it is pronounced Chile, right? You're looking it up on the map. Yeah, I mean, it's out there. It's in the middle, it's nearly in the middle of Pacific. The middle of Pacific? Yeah. Really? Oh, but it's a considered, a, I, I, I wouldn't understand, it's a Chilean territory, I would see, potentially. And then the 16 million, the, the 90 million, 16 million, again, it, it, I think we would both dispute like how many bunnies are produced each year, 90 million, and then how many jelly beans do Americans, Americans consume. That's, it, that's true, too. It's only America. But I feel like a, a large amount of America celebrate Easter. That actual day, they only have 16 million as opposed to the 90 that is produced in the lead up the whole month the whole whatever however early you start celebrating easter i mean easter isn't one of those holidays like valentine's day like christmas kind of like halloween where target and walgreens start putting up the accoutrements two months before they're ready like starbucks starts selling the pumpkin spice lattes in july that might not be right anyway but starbucks is okay with their Actually, no. Day after Thanksgiving, they start selling Christmas drinks, which I may have a problem with. Anyway, the first Easter eggs died red. Do you think that the first people to die the Easter eggs was the Greek if they if they were red? Yeah, I mean, that'd be my guess. Not quite sure on that, but uh, it was a good... You did. We did this last year, right? I think I was either out of town or... Yeah, we did some Greek Easter celebrations. Um, it was, was not a good aware time. For that. And did you paint Christos Anesti and Istos Anesti? 
I don't know. One of them means Christ has risen. <laughs> I probably should know the other. The uh, what? Do you remember what you painted the eggs last year? Uh, I did red. Yeah. No. Uh, no decoration. Nope. I uh, just do classic red eggs. Not much okay. to it, but it, it was a great show here, Aiden. I enjoyed talking Masters with you here. Oh yeah. Enjoyed talking Easter. Joro, it was great to have him in the studio this morning. Oh yeah. You have anything else you want to cover before we uh, head off into the sunset? Yeah, I'll pick I'll pick Scheffler just because of how good he played yesterday. And if it was a guy like Will Zalatoris last year, like a rookie guy who didn't have much experience, then I would say that the lead would be relinquished and I'd go with another guy on the leaderboard. But with with Scotty Sheffer playing as well as he is, I think it's a pretty not a lock. It might be close on Sunday. Let's hope it's close on Sunday. And congratulations to Tiger Woods for making the cut because we didn't even talk much about Tiger, but again, it's it's been apparent for a while now that the golf media is in love with Tiger, in bed with Tiger, and they will glorify you know his story. And obviously, there aren't great parts of it, but I think overall, his win in whatever that was, twenty nineteen now, was historic. And I, and I'll be a fan of that moment. But as far as his you know overall comeback from this last car crash, a lot of those wounds are self inflicted, which. Again, it's sometimes disingenuous for for people to be as supportive of Tiger as they can. I'm all for the fusion back surgery, you know, coming back from that aspect of it. But I think the the golf the golf world sometimes gets a little crazy with Tiger and thinking that he could win this just because he said that he could. Like that's what LeBron James and Kobe said before every. I wouldn't play. Tiger was quoted as saying, "I wouldn't." be playing this weekend if I didn't want or didn't think I could win. So that's the problem that or that's the rub that I have with Tiger. Like there's no way he'd actually would win this just because of logic. And but I think it's a great celebration of him actually making the cut. So Scheffler at minus eight, Lowry at minus three, Matsuyama again at minus three. We might have to be cheering for Hideki because of this Wagyu. Charles Swartzel at three and then Sung J Im, the Korean, at minus three. Sheffer, the only American in this top five right now from this Masters. Lowry is Irish, Matsuyama Japanese, Schwartzel, South Africa, I believe, South Africa, and then Sung J from Korea. So Zach mentioned Kevin Na, he's the next American in line. So enjoy the Masters this weekend. Plenty of stuff coming on. this. It's been a great sports week. And enjoy the Heritage Classic next weekend. Enjoy the Heritage Classic. You'll be there. You got to put some... Uh, is is betting legal in South Carolina? I am not sure, but I'll be in Illinois for uh, for the couple days preceding. So a couple uh, days preceding. I'll make sure to get my bets in. Make sure to place... Uh, that, should be, that should be a good turnout of good players going down there, especially week after the... Maybe they take the week off the week after the Masters, but if you're, if you're a real player... You'll go down to the RBC Heritage to see Zach. Maybe see Jim Calhoun again. Hopefully. All right. Well, that will do it for us this morning. Thanks again to Joro for joining us. Thanks to Brian for 
letting the seat be warm for Joro this week, this weekend, because he'll be back next week. Or we won't be back next week because we are on Easter break here at Marquette. But the week after that, we will see you then or see you another time through walkie in the words of our old co-host Kevin Hurley going back to our freshman year days. This has been Games and Grub. This has been Games and Grub.